So some of them will go Google Butler's Bingo or they'll bid on Butler's Bingo coupon codes. And what that affiliate is doing is like, they're just converting over someone who's already searching for the brands. It's not necessarily that incremental. The affiliate, the novice affiliate manager doesn't necessarily recognize that they just pay kind of like their premium rate to people who are just like closing off the sale. Um, and they'll look at the program and they go, wow, we're getting so many sales through our affiliate program. But what's actually happened is someone else in the business has paid big bucks to create awareness for that user and that affiliate is just closing them out. I'm John Wright, and you're listening to Affiliate BI, the business intelligence and affiliate marketing podcast brought to you by Statsdrome. Welcome to the Affiliate BI podcast. Today, we're chatting with Simon Dunn. He's the CEO and founder of Your 10K. I was very happy to see him launch his agency just a few years ago, and I'm not surprised he's having the success he's having today. Simon, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Joe. Glad to be here. Uh, I want to get started at the very beginning. So what is your career story, especially how you got into iGaming? Yeah, so um, an iGaming brand owner uh, named Butler, uh, a bit of a punt on me. Um, I have, you know, one or two years in marketing experience for um, a brand called Broadway Gaming, and it was a start up. UK facing bingo operation. Um, and I came in there as the third employee um, in 2011. Um, and very successful. Um, we started off with Butler's Bingo, um, but you know, expanded and we had five bingo sites, two casino sites. Uh, so the company grew um, over 10 years that I was there and um, ended up managing a team of 25 people, um, across a couple of products, all the regions. And, and yeah, it was a fun at uh, 10 or 11 years that I had in, in our gaming. I remember that brand very well, because when I think about bingo, there's not many brands that come to mind and just kind of like a side topic, tangent question. Uh, how much do you think like just basically doing all the proper things, like growing the affiliate program leads to brand awareness? Um, it, it definitely helps a lot. Um. You know, if you, if you get with the right, uh, if you get with the right affiliates, um, and in bingo, you know, there were some that like, uh, so some affiliates like, you know, bingo port, which bingo, um, these were affiliate brands that became known by bingo players. Um, so getting, you know, good placements, good relationships with these kind of affiliates, um, really helped, um, people will review people will Google put their bingo review. It's like one of these trusted bingo review sites. Um, but they were, they were hugely important for the brand getting trusted. And I want to talk about your company, your 10 K, uh, how did this uh, come about? And I know you do a lot of uh, work in, uh, paid media, PPC, et cetera. Yeah. So, um, I, after I, I left Broadway gaming, um, I went to the world of, uh, med tech for a while, um. I worked with an at-home testing company called Let's Get Check. Um, so I did a lot of COVID testing, um, just men's health, women's health, hormone testing. But, so I worked there for a year, um, but then I left and like, I got a referral to help another brand or two, um, just helping grow the 
kind of started, the company started off at the, at the consultancy where I was helping, um, I suppose brands with high growth ambitions, um, just educating them on how best to manage Google, Facebook, but also affiliate. Um, so I was doing that for, for about 18 months and then I pivoted that the only way I got to make this bigger and become an agency. Um, so made my first hire uh, in September um, of 2022 and now there are 10 full-time employees of retired. Yeah. Um, 10 people over the last 14 months or so. Um, so it's been quite a role if I serve so far so. I'm embarrassed to say that I've got minimal experience when it comes to PPC and paid media. What would you say people aren't doing? Like, is this a massive missed opportunity for people to not include this in their, their ecosystem and their marketing? It depends. I mean, you can, you know, you can do it in house or you can kind of have affiliates take care of it for you. You know, in, when I worked in iGaming, you know, say we had a budget, um, let's say we had a budget of 500 K in a month. It was very, very possible for 89% to be fulfilled by affiliates. Um, and it's very different for each industry because it really depends on what the affiliate landscape is in that industry. So some industries, you know, gambling would be one where a lot of like the paid search, um, rankings are actually occupied by affiliates, you know, gambling, if you Google any gambling term. Online bingo, online casino, you're going to see all these aggregators, top 10, just online sites. Um, so like sometimes you're nearly better off just leaving, um, the search space to the affiliates because, um, the number of reasons where like affiliates get quality scores from Google, so therefore they get lower cost per clicks, therefore it's cheaper to kind of put with affiliate than it is to acquire it yourself for other brands, um, where like that. Where there are no affiliates and um, playing in the paid search space, you're going to have to do it for yourself. Um, and then you can, you can figure it out. You can you know, look at all the top keywords for your industry You can look at who is participating in the options. You need to do this your house or you should go to an affiliate program or launch an affiliate program, should I say. For the audits you do, I want to ask, are these for affiliates or are they more for affiliate programs? And can you share some of the shocking things you've discovered by uh, performing these audits? Yeah. So for the, for the most part, they are for affiliate programs. Um, and the most shocking thing, and it's like, it happens time and time again, is affiliate managers paying wrong rate and uh, to, to affiliate. So. Quite often for people who are inexperienced with, uh, affiliate management, they will say, okay, my target cost per acquisition is $50. Therefore, I'm going to launch a program. I'm going to pay all the affiliates $50. So what they don't actually understand is what a lot of affiliates do is play in what we call a bottom of funnel space. So they will go and quite often they'll just like, someone will even do, um, you know, let's, let's go back to the gambling example. So if someone will go Google Butler's Bingo or they'll bid on Butler's Bingo coupon code. And what that affiliate is doing is like, they're just converting over someone who's already searching for the brand. It's not necessarily that incremental. The affiliate, the novice affiliate manager doesn't necessarily recognize that they just pay kind of like their premium rate to people who are just like closing off the sale. Uh, 
and they'll look at the program and they'll go, wow, we're getting so many sales to our affiliate program. But what's actually happened is someone else in the business has paid big bucks to create awareness for that user and that affiliate is just closing them out. So we've often seen it where, you know, brands are choosing to pay $50 for a sale where they could easily be paying five or 10 and the affiliate will be happy enough with that. So like we've got an image you know, programs burning tens of thousands of dollars every single month just by getting the rate wrong. That's a, that's a painful insight to see. And I'm sure that kind of shocks people when you uh, hand that report back to them. Uh, yeah. Um, it usually gets us at a gig managing their, uh, their affinity program, but, um, yeah. Um, yeah. So like, I'm like, it's so sometimes it sounds like these affiliates are like doing something wrong. They're not. People who are Googling brand plus review or brand plus Google, like they are looking for an affiliate. They should be getting an affiliate there. Yeah. Like on the flip side, some of them don't have affiliates enough. Yeah. You mentioned something which you said bottom of funnel content. Now, I know what that is because, like, we're a SaaS company. I need to know my top of funnel or the bottom of funnel. But I think a lot of affiliates and affiliate managers don't understand what that means and why it's important to understand for both PPC and SEO. So could you quickly explain it uh, for both sides of the fence, for the affiliate managers and affiliates? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, well, it's, it's different for, for like each industry and, you know, there are different sets of terms, but like usually like top of funnel would be people who um, you know, are searching for a product, perhaps, um, you know, they're not, they're not searching for a brand, they're searching for a problem, you know, so let's take healthcare, for example, and uh, the top of funnel query might be, um, why am I tired all the time? Okay. A mid, a middle of funnel query might be, um, supplements for helping with tiredness. And then a bottom of funnel will be, um, athletic greens, um, review. So each of those, um, there are different stages of the funnel. Um, the, the bottom one, the athletic green review, for example, like the manager should probably be paying them, you know, a fraction of what they're paying the top of the top of funnel ones are, are introducing brand new people uh, into your funnel. And to me, those are the, those are the most uh, valuable. Um, and the affiliate can go and create content. You know, they could go review content, rather product reviews, offer reviews, or they create more, um, it was just general content about like, uh, health and wellness and, you know, health and wellness content, of course, it has a lot more people, um, you're, you're less likely conversions. So there's only the trade-off between volume, conversions, how easy it is to rank when you're choosing. And do you have any experience on the influencer side? Because what we're talking about right now and what you just shared is with bottom of funnel, we're basically capturing a demand and it's not easy to create the demand. And I think that's where influencers can really change things where obviously that example you had of, uh, you know, that uh, green supplement for whatever. I mean, obviously a celebrity can just go on TikTok and start talking about it. And, you know, that creates, um, that creates the demand. So um, maybe would you have some insights as to you know, how do people kind of follow this stuff or do you just have to watch the trends and see that, Hey, we're getting a spike in bottom of funnel. And then your job is to find out where that came from. 
Yeah. So, um, yeah, like usually that the bottom of full stuff, like it is caused by something else. Now that could be, um, TV ad could be someone massively increasing the budget on, on Facebook or TikTok, or it could be caused by an influencer. Um, and like, yes, you can track all this stuff, but like clicks, it takes on impressions for the platform. Um, where it becomes more challenging, it's probably the, the influencer activity because very often with influencer, and we've managed like lots of um, influencer campaigns where you're paying down a commission or paid them fees. Um, but with influencer, like if someone's watching a video on YouTube, five minute video about a product, they don't always go and click, you know, they don't always go and click through. So like people might see a direct click through thing from an influencer to your website. So what happens is they might watch a video and then they might go Google that brand later on. So it's very, very challenging for, for the brand owner to know, well, like who's responsible for this brand search, call itself brand search. Um, what I've seen a lot of brands do now is start adding like um, zero party attribution uh, tools to their website. So how did you hear about this? So while in the back end, you will be able to know what the last click, click UTM parameter was, but what I've seen answer very well is each. It's direct, it says they came direct or they Google the brand, but when we asked them how to get us, the rest were So like, you're kind of using that data to try and evaluate are those influencers driving you awareness. Right. Do you think a lot of uh, bit major companies, whether it's gambling operators or e-com, do you think they're just kind of scared to use these self-attribution uh, things because they just feel like it doesn't really scale because you're asking for like a text field. Like, how did you hear about us? And you're right. Uh, people might've actually heard of it, uh, of the product because of YouTube, they end up going to Google and either that comes from a Google search or they actually click on an affiliate link. So the attribution gets lost. And I'm just thinking that in B2B more of the self attribution starting to change, but I think in B2C it's, uh, I think they're just don't know where to start. It's, it's crazy. So maybe it was, um, Maybe it was like a lack of experience for me, but even though I still talk to lots of people in gambling, still go to the shows. The attribution conversation is so much more advanced, well, at least it is now compared to what was in gambling. Like there's lots of tools, you know, I'm not affiliated with any of these, but Northbeam, yeah. Rockerbox, like there's lots of tools that really foster, that really help like you understand challenge. When I, you know, worked in gambling, Everyone was just hung up on either first click or last click, one of the others. So you're looking at your click through, you store that, you store the UTM with the user registers and that's it. Like, there was only one channel involved. Um, so like, I do think there's, um, probably more work to be done in e-commerce, but certainly from my experience with gambling, I think for affiliate programs, like there doesn't, there certainly wasn't any like partial conversions. In my day, so, okay, a user clicked, um, a PPC ad, PPC affiliate, and then they came through and viewed, uh, looked at the review in our world, the review affiliate always got version, but it may have, or whoever you chose first click or last, that's what it was determined, but there was never any partial allocation with a much better way. 
Yeah, I think it's a conversation that is just starting to get off the ground. I know in iGaming, and so when I have these conversations, they're typically only with, you know, tracking software providers, not really with affiliate programs. And they're kind of going, well, I can't scale this, or what does this look like? And I think this will start to change, but it might take a couple of years before people copy each other, copy them not knowing why they're copying, because they see the best companies do it. And then that's how we yep. all learn. Yeah. And even on new versus returning, like very often in e-commerce, like affiliates are getting rewarded for bringing people, like it's on a fair sale basis, not necessarily on, you know, well, you know, it's very possible that a user registers with a site in 2020, doesn't do anything, comes back to an affiliate in 2023, but that affiliate doesn't get any credit because they were tagged, yeah. you know, they were tagged as a free, free, free money offer three years ago. Like, and that like whole, or even like they may be in that there on there. Yeah. So a lot, bit of work to be doing there. It's funny you just mentioned this because I was coming up a question on the fly and I wanted to talk about most affiliate sites, they focus on the sale, getting the acquisition. There almost seems to be no tools in place for retention. Do you think a retention and some ad tech is going to start appearing where like the situation you just described is actually going to show where it's like, hey, they did sign up a couple of years ago, but without that retention mechanism, maybe, maybe we're missing out on a lot of revenue here. For sure you are. Yeah. Uh, so now you could say that the operators, you know, our models are based on a cost position. We pay $100 for a new customer coming through the door. We don't incur any marketing fees with that. So like, if they're like, well, actually we do incur another $15 fee if someone reactivates them and there's ongoing fees, but the customer, like it kind of changes the model a little bit. We always looked at like, this is the customer acquisition cost. And then they have a lifetime buying. There are no extra costs in there. Well, so affiliates definitely reactivate and don't get rewarded. But I wonder if they were to get rewarded, but what happens to that, to the CPA that operators willing to pay? Does that have to come down? Do you think it would, it would require something like pixel tracking, like what you see for Facebook's, uh, pixels, uh, LinkedIn pixels, maybe do you think operators could have something like this, where it could actually go back to the affiliate sites and show a retention ad instead of a, an acquisition ad? Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. Unsure. Um, like, yeah, I suppose responsible gambling or what you can share and all those kind of things. Um, like technically if you, if you get away, get away with it, um, or legally, um, not legally, but just have, have compliance look at it. Particularly, I'm, I'm certain you don't, or yeah. you might want to like, I don't know, it will be nice for affiliate to, to only show offers or sites that the user who was on their website like, didn't have an account for. Right. It would be cool if like this top 10 list, but it was not the top 10 list of accounts that the user wasn't already a member of. Yeah. Very often they like, they already have accounts of five or six of the sites on that list. Exactly. And then it goes full circle to the brands that, you know, they just want to reactivate. Like the customer has signed up three years ago, but maybe they haven't logged in in two months. It's like, what can yeah. you do? Maybe there's a, there's not a sign up bonus, but there's a 25% offer to welcome back. And technically I'm sure it's doable. Like in Google ads, for example, like you can exclude lists, you know, you can exclude people around your list. So if you have an ad, 
and the network hijacker is running ads to a listicle, then if the, if the operator was willing to share it, yeah, you might want to exclude these people. Now, lots of trust issues there, but technically it's doable. Uh, we talked about a couple data tools. Uh, so I want to ask like what data or data visualization tools are you using? Um, so yeah, data studio for like a lot of our e-commerce clients for not necessarily for visualization, but like on the influencer side, like we use a tool, a tool called hype auditor. It's just fantastic for just like finding new, our new influencers. We speak about, um, uh, whatever product you want to find influencers for, uh, for PPC, uh, I use a tool called optimizer and um, just a lot of automations, a lot of daily insights surfaced and, and obviously SEMrush for like, for SEO, for finally thanks to the affiliates, uh, SEMrush. So probably my, my main, um, probably full of the, uh, text that costs, but I, uh, um, Demrush, Optimizer, yeah, Data Studio, and um, Hypothesis would probably be up for um, core tools in the agency. Yeah, maybe we should uh, beep out a couple of those tools. So you're giving, a, giving away too good of insights here, but uh, we know at the end of the day, people need to use those tools. So the, I'm sure you're confident they'll come back and say, hey, look, these tools look really cool, but we don't know what we're doing. Uh, can you help us out? Funny thing about tool to buy, like you can help use this tool, but the amount of time people sign up to the tool, they're not quite sure how to, how to like get insights or utilize it properly. Yeah. This kind of goes full circle to a common question I ask people. It's like, what percent of people do X, Y, and Z? Like in SEO, like what percent of people, uh, you know, use Google analytics or, or search console data in the proper way and the common answer I get back over and over again is it's like 1% of people will do the things and the rest of the 99% just don't do any of this all so, at all. So I think uh, what you're saying is pretty much a reflection in, in your experience. Yeah. And it's like, there's so many tools out there that like, you could spend your day in tools, you know, you could easily spend your day in the tools and like, what are they, like, are they bringing actionable insights? Like you could easily. You just want to do tools and just look at graphs and go, wow, but aren't you going to change how you're managing your campaigns or not? Yeah. It's, I get a headache thinking about all the things that I personally want to learn. You know, we're a data company and, um, you know, I started learning Tableau and now I'm looking at Power BI, Looker Studio, and don't want to say Python, but depends on what your needs are. And you're right. You can yeah. spend, uh, weeks and weeks studying and it's just getting started. Yeah. I would say like in terms of tools, like with like universal analytics and GA4, like I've met very few people that like know GA4 well, and I'm one of them been saying that like, this is very different. I need to do a course on this for months. Like, and everybody I talk to is just like, bring, bring back to universal analytics. Yeah. Um, going to some of your recent LinkedIn posts, uh, talking on a personal professional discussion, you mentioned something about, uh, being alcohol free for 15 months and all the top 10 benefits. So I know it's like a side tangent, but you highlighted like, you know, what it's done for you in terms of, you know, productivity. So I just wanted to, to touch on that. Yeah, sure. Um, I wouldn't be where I am with your 10k 
um, if I don't believe I'll be where I am with your 10k, um, if I didn't make this decision and the, the biggest help, so I, as a person, I would always like struggle a bit with anxiety. Um, and like, I would find like, um, you know, things that the business like really hard to deal with, whether that's like an email from a client gone, like your work is terrible or like lower is not like working out, whatever. And like being alcohol free has just enabled me to like deal with stress, stressful situations a lot bigger, a lot better. Um, getting up early, going for a walk, clearing the head before I started work. And like, it's related, you know, but so we're not drinking or whatever, like you're able to do these things. You're able to like just stare the head in the morning. You eat, you eat healthier as well. Like when you're not hungry, you eat healthier and it all comes together. And just like the ability to, um, manage, manage stress, I think increased, um, massively. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, the, it's a funny one. Um, it's, it's a decision I made and, you know, I, I think I got to do it for a couple of months and then we like through Christmas, went to a conference in Las Vegas, went to visit my friends and my sister in, in Thailand and like, have no interest in happier. I, I can relate because I'm not purely alcohol free, but in the last couple of years, I cut down massively. Like I used to have like a drink a night and then I started monitoring my sleep and then I realized a single drink will affect sleep. So now I get up early, I do some of those things you mentioned. And it's for me as well, it's been very transformational. Like I, I won't go alcohol free at a conference, but I definitely don't, you know, party like some of these other kids do or adults for, for that matter. And it's been, yeah, everything you listed, it's like, I can totally relate to. People say to me, like, is that it? Like, will you ever drink again? I don't know. Maybe I feel like it. I, I'm like, I'm not Andy Elgo. Um, I just found that not for the years help yeah I, I would say as well for me it just seems that you know the highs and lows of stress are kind of like leveled out they're they're not as extreme and i realized that first running a business of of the things that can be really stressful i'm like i don't know how anyone else would have handled it if they were basically you know drinking regularly yeah the guy i i got back from a conference you know it was affiliate so many uh it was affiliate so many 2022 you know, I'd missed a couple of days of work. I got back and I woke up in the Monday and I just stared at the ceiling for six hours going, how do I climb this hill? And it wasn't hard at all. I'm just going to sit down and do it up five beers, but like, just like having a couple of days of drinking behind me. I was like, everything. Yeah. Well done on you. Thank you. And so almost every uh, episode I do always kind of finds a way to come back to AI. We haven't really talked about AI. So I wanted to ask, uh, what's your take of AI in relation to affiliate marketing? And if you have an opinion or insight to share. Um, affiliate marketing. Um, uh, I imagine my, like my immediate thoughts would be how it can assist with content generation. Like we all know that like having quality content on the side is a big fact. Um, you know, I, I think back to my days starting off with Bullet Bingo and and affiliate thing, they'll do a they'll do a review. And they used to ask my affiliate team, could we they write the review because they didn't want to pay the two hundred pounds to write that review. I'm pretty sure if you ask someone for 
you know, a good prompt in the writer review proposal bingo. Focus on the bonus, focus on the, the cash in and like the prompt is good. Like I think they also another article that got turned pretty quickly. So I think, you know, really good prompts and good content topics and just really fast track so quickly. And both of you yeah, I agree. I think it's uh, prompts is something that I need to spend more time on. And every time I talk to people, I'm always picking up one or two little points. And I think we could probably spend all day just looking at AI, like no different than the data tools. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's one of the things that, yeah, I got that, you know, affiliate world and seeing that I'm not sure which is the tool that like, uh, or one of the tools that like generates images, guide with bills, like an email marketing agency, um, surely out of AI. And the content was like amazing. The images were amazing. And I'm like, oh, are we outsourcing this to a designer or paying a hundred bucks? We are. Uh, well, this guy's putting in a prompt. And um, yeah, it's scary. So last but not least, uh, all questions come down to this one. What do you see of the future of affiliate marketing as it intersects with business intelligence? Um, So I think like a lot of the things I've spoken about, like the, the, the main problem, like that I called out and then the one I do audits is the lack of intelligence, you know, you know, the lack of paying the wrong rate to the wrong affiliates because you didn't realize there were a bottom of one affiliates, like getting that right, you know, knowing what the right amounts to pay, and this might be just where in the funnel based on lifetime value of a customer and maybe demographics of a customer and like there's so many more decisions that should go into like your city marketing strategy and that's it's all bi don't expect the affiliate manager to like go digging in itself theory these things that themselves so it's like whoever's running the team to make sure the head of bi is giving good insight to uh, the affiliate manager you know affiliate managers have a tough enough job ringing lots of affiliates and them links, making sure they're not cutting out, asking them to do the BI partner as well. So that needs to be stitched together very well. Yeah, no, I fully agree. I think it's, uh, you know, business intelligence as a generic keyword, it's, uh, I think you're on point that there's a lack thereof. And, you know, it's, uh, you start asking people like, how deep do you know you're tracking? And, you know, I've heard of a story about a guy who was in a conference and saying, how well do you know your data? And then he asked the question, then he went more specific and then the hands started dropping and he got to a point where out of like hundreds of people, there's only four people with their hands up. And then he's like, how much money do all of your companies make? And they all listed off and it was just like lots of millions. And he's like, see, it's these companies that make the most money spend as much time on data, on attribution and they dig. So they, they know their numbers. And I think not everyone knows their numbers in detail. Yeah, I'm like, you can get Extremely granular on the numbers, like your point them on tracking, like affiliate programs all have a cookie window, but no, nobody talks about it. And like the difference in an advertiser choosing a seven day versus a 30 day versus a 90 day, like we're in a lot of money, the affiliate, you know, expanding that window out. It's like people like, give me $5 more. It's like, you give me 30 days more on the cook and the attribution window, you'll actually make more out money. Like people that talk about it. Yeah. That's so true. If only we could say, okay, it's not just, I want to hire a commission. Can you extend the cookie duration? And I'm not really sure if I've ever heard of programs actually enabling that, but maybe it, it actually is a thing. 
you get like the setting is there. The setting is there, but like any managers, you know, and affiliates don't talk about it. Just about the rate, about the rate. Okay. I'm going to have some questions for a few other people after this uh, call. Simon, how can people get hold of you? Um, Simon at your10k.ie or just go to your10k.ie and uh, um, email us. And I will include those links in the show notes. Simon, thank you so much for doing this. It was uh, very insightful. I think we could do this all day and I'm, I definitely would like to have you back on again. Been a pleasure. Thanks, John. Thank you for tuning in to the Affiliate BI Podcast. I'd like to take this time to ask for a small favor to leave a rating and review wherever you listen to your podcast. That helps us expand our reach to rank higher in podcast directories and reach more listeners.